Welcome in, Midwest Dad Bod Podcast, Episode 2, uh, minus Ryan for today. We had a little bit of scheduling conflict, so I'm joined here today by my wife, Christina Garino, who is a therapist and LCSW. The topic today we're going to discuss is bullying. Uh, this hits a little close to home uh, regarding our oldest child, so I thought I would get her perspective as a social worker and also a parent. So welcome in, Christina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Uh, I guess we'll get right into it. Um, so would you mind giving a brief description of your education and professional background regarding social work and therapy? I got my undergrad in psychology. That was at Missouri State. And then I went on after I got my undergrad in psychology. I wanted to do therapy with individuals, children, families, and adults. I went on to get my master's in social work at um, UMKC. From there, I started working with children and adults. And um, my first experience was in my undergrad at Boys and Girls Town, working with the youth there in the residential program. Started to go to my master's. I started working at Crittenton Children's Center here in Kansas City. That would have been in 2006, January 2006, where I got the experience of working with inpatient and outpatient children and adults, like their families. Um, hopefully that kind of covers my background. And what do you currently do? Right now I'm currently doing um, telehealth with teenagers and adults. So I do therapy um, with a variety of people actually all over the world right now, um, just from my computer. Before that I was at the school district um, for almost three years. And what did you do, or what did you primarily hear while you were at the school district? In regards to bullying? Um, just what you might have experienced with a lot of the younger children. So just in regards to what kind of things do, uh, you know, kindergartners through third grade, what do they typically experience? Well, I think I want to go back to, like, just even my experiences with residential and inpatient and what some of the kids had been through because there were times that kids were there short term for instances that included bullying and that could have been bullying by family members or by, by kids from the school. So oftentimes in the beginning it wasn't cyberbullying as much when I first started in psychology and social work but there was in-person bullying. Now that I see kids both telehealth and in person, going back to just being in the schools, there's a lot more of the cyberbullying, which when I say that, I'm talking about like text, uh, Facebook, Instagram, someone posts something and someone says something negative about that person, will oftentimes um, take offense to someone that they might not even care very much about, but that, that comment really dug at them. Um, or they'll even look at how many likes they have. So I feel like the bullying that I see more recently is is online. You know, as far as the in-school and in-person bullying, well, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to bully someone when you don't have to go face-to-face -face with them. Very true. Which I think is how even a lot of adults do it, and I think they call those keyboard warriors. 
where some, it's a lot easier to, to write a comment and hit send or submit than it is to actually have to say something to someone's face and face possible consequences of them getting angry at you or possibly physically reacting to you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's a good point. And it's taken on a different level. Going back to like, just when I did my undergrad, I, I did a program for bullying and that was all in person. So we did groups and we talked, we talked to the bullies. We did a group with those that you, we would classify as bullies. Meaning if the teacher said they were exhibiting bully behavior, we would do a group with them and then we would do a group with the ones that felt like they were being bullied. Where now, it, it, the curriculum is way different. It talks more about the online attacks and the online bullying versus the in-person bullying. So I guess this would be a good spot to maybe get from your perspective what bullying can be defined as. So um, bullying is an action or behavior from an unwanted action or behavior that can be verbal, physical, um, even sexual that places one person in um, a situation that they're uncomfortable with. Oftentimes the, the person was used to be looked at like as bigger and badder, but the bully doesn't have to be bigger and badder. They can be the same size, they can be the same age. I mean, oftentimes you do see bullies with a little bit more power in their heads. So is it more of like a psychological advantage, maybe? Or a, I think a so. body language advantage rather than a size or a... I think it's, it's definitely psychological because what I've taught a lot of my kids, when I'm saying kids, the kids I work with, and these are the ones that have been bullied, is that from, from what I've worked with, the person that's bullying, I, they're not waking up and saying, I'm going to bully this person and this person. They're going through something psychologically, developmentally, behaviorally in their house or outside of their house, who knows, where they are feeling weak and they need to exert themselves somewhere else. So I think they find someone they feel is weak, but it's not necessarily, you know, I'm not saying that person they're bullying is weak, but they see them as weak. They perceive them as weak. Yeah, they perceive them as weak. So they'll tend to bully them because of how they're feeling. Whatever's going on inside them, their heads, or maybe even how they're treated at home. Okay. So... Having some sort of clinical definition, um, if you had a client uh, speak to you who felt like they were being bullied, but to you it didn't seem to fit that clinical definition, um, how would you approach that with them if it, if it just didn't seem to fit? I, I trust the client. In my, in my background, social work, we're taught to meet the client where they're at. We don't question them at all. So I will. I would never um, come from a side where I would question how they feel. If they feel like they're being bullied, I might ask like for some examples and clarification, and maybe even observe the uh, playground at recess or specials or just in the classroom. 
to get additional information about it. And depending on if it's just like a word they use here and there, like I feel bullied by so-and-so, I'll just let that slide. But if it's a, if it's an actual behavior that's happening from somebody else, I'm going to believe them and help them with that, even if it doesn't fit the clinical definition because they feel like they're being bullied. And I do believe that the term can be thrown around a lot, um, probably more often than it should, because there, there was a time when we, di we didn't address bullying. It just wasn't addressed properly. And, and now I feel like we, we don't over-address it at all. That's overcompensate but we maybe. almost like overuse the words because of where we were filling in so the word bully is just used a lot more but i'm not saying that's not happening mm -hmm. that's just used very often yeah. so it's a good blanket term but maybe overused or overcompensated for i think so for sure and then so you talk i know you reference kids often because that's who you've most recently dealt with but yeah um i think they're how my do favorite. you address, yeah think, well how could kids not be <laughs> i know i miss working with kids in person um but how would you address it with an adult where you can't go observe them in a workplace area or at least the place where they're being bullied mm -hmm. is that i assume that would be a lot trickier yeah um that's a good question trying to kind of think back to my adult days. I mean, I'm doing telehealth with adults right now, but yeah, we, t we talk about even family members. I'm, I'm going back to just, um, obviously keeping confidentiality. I can't talk too much about the people I see, but I'm just going back to recently, um, processing with a client about behavior from, from, um, family members that was bullying, um, like, if you don't do this or you don't do that, you're not going to get this. Um, even add to that definition of bullying, like, sometimes the bully in adults and the adult's behavior could have a little bit more power and control over the person. Where in kids, I don't know if factually the kid that's bullying has more power or control. Getting into teens and even college, they might have a little bit more power and control, thinking of fraternities and sororities. So I would add the power and control into that, possibly, yeah. too. Well, money. I mean, you could bully with money. Mm -hmm. I won't pay for your education, or I'll cut you off here, or I'll stop paying for this or that. So, I mean, that, I guess, again, when we talk about kind of a blanket term for bullying, I guess that could be thrown under there, financial bullying, or maybe just power. I guess power could be a way to bully. And then you look at the person that's bullying, because again, I come from, I, I try to really come from both sides and get into, you know, the definition of manipulation. Manipulation is, you know, making things into a way for your benefit. That's not always a bad thing. So sometimes kids, um, growing up would have to manipulate a situation to get their needs met. Um, so, so going to like the power and control, I just wonder sometimes if the, 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 the one bullying isn't trying to get their needs met and haven't found a healthy coping skill to do that. And then if that hasn't been intervened, 
they're going to go about that in adulthood and, you know, probably for the rest of their lives if they don't get the right intervention or the right support. And how often would you say that you hear incidents of bullying with youth compared to adults? Is it, does it seem to be more prevalent with youth compared to adults or? I would, I would have said yes, but now um, with social media, I think it's, it's pretty equal. I mean, probably yes, still with youth and adults, but I'm going to like the trolls, you know how they, the internet trolls, I think they call them. I feel like there's a lot of those and, and those are adults. Um, so going back to what you were saying of the face-to-face, -face, there's less of that face-to-face -face interaction, face-to-face -face bullying, and there's more of the internet bullying, which I'd be curious to see just the stats on that. So is there any kind of particular advice that you give to clients on how to deal with their bullies, or is it pretty case-specific? Definitely case-specific. What we encourage is that kids talk about it. One, that kids have at least two to three trusted adults that they can talk to, whether that's at the school, outside of the school. Um, it would be preferred if they had at least one at the school because that's where they are the majority of the time during the school year. So if they felt like they were being bullied, to talk about it. Or if they just felt uncomfortable about a situation, maybe they didn't know it was bullying, but it didn't feel right in their stomach. It didn't feel right in their chest. Or maybe they had a hard time going to sleep that night because they were thinking about something that happened. So educating them with that, and if that continues, like talking to someone about it. And that trusted adult could hopefully help them define whether, you know, it's bullying or something else. I don't know. Because so, um, we definitely don't want them to keep that to themselves. Because sure. you look at some of the things that have happened on the internet and teens are, you know, impulsive. They're in a mood and they, they read or hear something. I, I get afraid that they would take their own life. Yeah. So that would be my number one, like, recommendation is to talk about it and then if I was helping someone if someone came to me about bullying I'd want to educate them about what to do if they're getting bullied um, if it was a younger kid we would work on fogging skills those were easier back then than they are now but fogging skills which you know a kid was like oh your your shirt's stupid the kids that fog them, thinking of like a fog machine to kind of throw them off, would say, be like, oh, well, I think my shirt's pretty cool. Just throws the bully off. So just just fogging them all together. So it's kind of acknowledging what they're <laughs> making fun of or bullying them about, basically acknowledging it and then like, not, not letting them have the ammo of it, I guess. That may not be the best way to say it, but... It's almost a redirecting it, not bullying them back, not like, well, your shirt's stupid. Yeah. It's not that. We don't want that. It's like throwing them off. Well, I think it's pretty cool. Just kind of deflating or, the argument. Yeah, just... and then walking away. Yeah. And walking away. And that's not always easy, so a lot of role plays involved in that. And again, that's for younger kids. But then the, you throw in this, the dynamic of the internet. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying I'm not an expert in this area. Like, sure. Like, I felt like I was, you know however long ago. But the internet, would you say the internet provides a lot more problems? Yes. 
Absolutely. Just yeah. because it's not direct. Not direct, yes. Not direct in a physical sense. And there's so sense. many people, so many platforms out there, and I mean, there's stuff I don't even know about. There's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Snapchat. Um, I mean, I'm probably not listening to them all. Twitter. Um, I mean, there's just so many platforms that you just can't keep track of them all. And, and so kids, would it be kids. so would it be advisable to? At what age do you think it's appropriate for um, someone to have a social media account where they could potentially be exposed Never. to? Never. <laughs> I mean, look, well, adults can't. I, ideally, yes. Uh, but at well, what age do you think? I don't know. I well, guess. Studies now show that we're not fully developed. Our brain is not fully developed until 25, 26. So I'd say, if you want to play it safe. Developed in what sense? Like to fully, handle things emotionally or. Emotionally, developmentally, your brain is still growing. People at 25, 26. Maybe you could hit that age that they finally know what it is they want. That's why you see sometimes people getting married early, and then they get divorced. They figure it out. Oh, I, that's not what I want. Or oh, I thought I wanted a. I thought I was straight, but I'm actually gay. Or people are still trying to figure themselves out. So I would say social media. Let's just say 27. Yep. 27 would be a good time to have a social media account. Perfect. Yep. So saying that someone's brain isn't developed until their mid 20s. Yeah, Are the they... alcohol age should be changed to 27, too, is <laughs> yeah. what you're saying? No, I'm... Are <laughs> they... Would you just say people are more mentally fragile up until that point? Like, that they... Absolutely. Do you accept criticism better once you're... Pat, like, criticism or just... Well, you got to look up... If you can, look up Eric Erickson's psychosocial stages of development. Okay? It's going to talk about each of the psychosocial stages that we go through from birth to death and that will answer your question and I don't have that right in front of me so sure. it's kind of hard to answer well, I'm just, so I'm, it, depending on what someone's been through from true. 12 to trying to think of the ages 12 to 18 and then 18 to 25 I think it is 26 um, that, that's what's dependent on if they can take a criticism would you say that they're still kind of fragile in that sense no i mean because people are resilient they bounce back from stuff so yeah. i think it just depends on how they were raised their parents yeah. um i remember late high school just trying to figure out college yes or no like that seems to be a very temperamental time mm-hmm. it seems to be a very rough time and i guess if you were engaged in social media where you were accepting criticism, you know, or you at least, if you read the comments and you engaged other people who you weren't, who you couldn't physically interact with, that would seem to be a lot more stressful. When we grew up where, you know, your your circle was a lot smaller. Oh yeah, I'm glad we didn't have social media. Well, oh. for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> oh, a lot yeah. less parties it just, if we did. It, it's just scary. Things I see, and I, I do think it has so much to do with what it is your your parents are doing. If your parents are, if it's one parent or two parent, if they work all the time, or if they're involved, if you guys eat dinner together, 
um, not every night, but like what that conversation, what the relationship is with the kid and the parent with the social media account. So I really think that parent, parents are involvement in the accounts, in their accounts, and with the their kids is super important. Obviously, I mean, our kids are 10 and the twins are going to be five, so we're just hitting that stage, but that relationship, that trust is so important. Um, and then you, you look at those, again, the psychosocial stages of development. The parents are going through their own things at this time, oftentimes what is called midlife crisis, which, you know, I've be 40 this month actually and I've already been through three I think so I don't know if it's really midlife but um, it is interesting if you see what um, the kids ages are that you have and then what your age is and just psychosocial stage that you might be in so if parents are in a kind of that ripe age group of going through a particular phase if that matches up with their kids going through a phase that can complicate things absolutely yeah i mean if like the marriage isn't stable or there's moves um i'm even thinking of like you know military families that that move often or that are deployed it, it is you know hard to you know put your roots in for the kids if they move every you know four to five years so depending on their resilience and how they're able to bounce back after moving somewhere, living somewhere, and then moving. So I, I think it really, so many factors involved in it. Well, since you brought up parenting, I guess that kind of leads into another question that I wanted to ask. I tend to be a little bit more of a, uh, a not assertive, but uh, a little bit more of the... Uh, Good cop? No, I guess the bad cop. Oh, maybe, the maybe, thing, maybe yeah. I'm, the, maybe you're the bad cop and the psycho cop. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to think of, Are uh, you the bad cop? Well, I, I tend to resort quicker to, like... Yelling. Well, yelling and then swatting, you know. And, and I don't swat because, you know... Yeah, I mean, you said from a very early point that you weren't going to swat or spank, but... I feel like there's a there's a place for it. Um, well, I go into my own trauma with that, and, and you know that. I go back, you know, to when I was younger, when I hear yelling, when I hear any kind of conflict. I just, um, in my own personal house, I want to get away from it. If it's with a client, I can handle it. Um, but when it's personal with my family or in my house, I kind of run from it. So I tend to you know, probably be the quote-unquote good cop because I just don't want to deal with the conflict but you know I, I helped parents with parenting issues but I can't do the same advice that I give them with my own kids yeah. so it's definitely like practice what you preach but I, yeah. I can't do that that's kind of hard um, though I mean situationally that seems kind of not impossible but really Difficult. I guess. I guess my question would be, as a parent, where would you say the line is drawn from parenting to bullying, where there will be a consequence if you continue this behavior? Um, well, if there's a consequence to 
an action from the child, and it's a consistency. So, um, for example, if you aren't home by midnight, you won't get the car keys for a week. That's a consequence to an, an, a behavior. So this is like a, the child didn't obey that behavior, that rule. Mm. Consequence to a rule <coughs> because of their behavior. That's not bullying. You, but you made where it would that lie? Where, for you... And that has to be consistent. So it, 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 it can't be, well, next week you can be out at 1 a.m., and the week after, it has to be consistent. Right, but if it's... Both with kids and adults. Yeah. It's but not it, going to work. In it's a situational, not. if you're just going with situational, we're not talking curfews, we're just talking normal everyday life, uh, kids acting up, where would you where would you draw the line at, okay, you, were, you did a good job parenting, or hey, you just bullied your child? Like, where would you draw that line? Because I've, I've even, I've challenged our kids, you know, I've postured myself in a certain way, I've spoken a certain way, and at times I have physically acted in a way where I establish dominance, because I feel that that is the best way to kind of deflate their attitude or their, um... Well, in, in that respect then you, you are bullying. Okay. And that's where the line is drawn, and that's where I'm going back to what I said earlier, those bullies that go to school, and, and they're putting whatever they're going through at home onto other people, that's when I would start to get concerned. But what if it was doing? a correction of a, if we saw him push one of the twins down and stand over them, I guess what I'm saying is if you see a behavior... Or if they act in a certain way towards you, I feel like there's a way to establish your role as the parent and as the dominant force in the house, but also not bully them. Just to let them know, you are the child, I am the parent, therefore, you know, you kind of got to do what I say. Kind of the I said so argument. Absolutely, yes. Which I would, I don't want to ever bully but do but you like see where we, I'm coming from of where some parents have bullied? Sure. And I'm sure that's, we I'm sure where, I've even been there, but I'm curious where as a social worker you might if there is a line to be drawn, where would you consider that line? Like a swat on the butt, go upstairs, sit in your room for a minute. Is that bullying or is that parenting? Or does it all kind of blur into a weird gray area? I was about to say, that's so gray. Yeah. So there's not really a good... No. That's, that's just, it's just it's a gray area. It's, that's really hard to say. Like if a kid came to my office for therapy tomorrow and they had a mark on their face and they said, Dad hit me with a belt in my face because I wouldn't do this. That's pretty deliberate, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's bullying behavior. Uh, that, that's abuse. Yeah, that's I'm abusive behavior. It. So I just, that that line of swatting on the, it, it just, it can go to a different extreme. So it's just such a gray area to talk about. Well, but I think deliberately hitting in the face compared to 
Yeah, that was extreme. Getting Probably. someone up, you know, yeah. getting someone up the stairs and swatting them on the butt and saying you need to go sit and time out, like. Yeah, but what's the point of swatting them on the butt? Like, does that really do anything? Probably. Feels not. like it moves them along. I don't know. <laughs> it's still, I don't know about that. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I just. The the pairing the, yeah, as far as like, family bullying, I I think it's it's different than the pairing that you're talking about. And what I guess here might be a better question. What where would you be concerned? What would get you concerned if you viewed whether it was me or okay, a so friend or a family member, if you saw a certain behavior, at what point would you if, if the kiddo, be concerned? Yeah, if the kiddo came in and was like, you know, I don't want to go home because dad says that I have to um, get an A, and if I don't get an A, then I don't get to play baseball, and if I don't get to play baseball, just like, I don't know, I just think it, if it's something emotionally taxing on the child in which like the parent or parents are putting power over the child and it's like psychologically affecting them in regards to something mi minor I'm not saying grades and sports aren't mi or aren't major but it's not a big thing like they're not if the, if the boy's not hurting someone else and the consequence, like if the consequence is like, well, you're not going to be able to play baseball if you don't get an A. I would wonder if that's, that, I guess that would be an example of something concerning. Again, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, like if you were in someone's house, say we were at a friend or a family gathering and you were at someone's house and you <laughs> witnessed a parent correcting a child, at what like point... Like out of character? Like if usually this maybe if, out of character, or just say usually this person's just like, "Hey, Ricky, go up to your room." But then once I witnessed him being like, "Ricky, you motherfucker, you better go up to your room or I'll spank your ass." Yeah, like at what point? Where? What would make the hair stand up on the back of your neck? Like, oh well, that just changed gears or that elevated quickly. Well, the second part for sure, but I don't know if I would go like to bully. I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that was verbal abuse." So it's so it wouldn't <laughs> necessarily be a physical abuse. action. It could be verbal, verbal, emotional. It's just the emotional part case is by case. So hard to tell because yeah. you know we've emotionally hurt our kids. Sure, and, I, and it's all. It, it, I mean, it's, it's unintentional, but it's hard to tell sometimes. It's like yeah. we could say, like I don't know, just randomly, like. Like, what were you thinking, or why did you do that, and well, maybe just, they didn't do it. I was it. going to the fact with Grandma Grandma Cardi, where, like, out of nowhere, like, I miss Grandma Cardi, and they're crying. It's like, well, did I say something about her today? Like, I shouldn't. And you're going, like, going through your head. Like, it could have been five days ago where, where I was just saying, hey, I miss my mom. Yeah. So it's just, like, it's, they're sponges. They pick up on everything. Yeah. It could not even be something we said. It could be something that they heard at daycare or yeah. school or on TV. So a lot of it could even be unintentional, and that's what really, that's one of the biggest things about being a parent that... And that's where, I'd like to interrupt you, bullying is intentional. Okay. It is what I think. And again, okay. I'm not an expert on bullying, but sure. I feel like when someone goes in and... and, and if you intend like, to again, get a reaction... Not, again, going back to those kids, I don't think they wake up and they're like using the word, I'm going to bully so-and-so today. Mm -hmm. I think they wake up and they go in. And they, something has happened. 
or they start feeling some way, maybe insecure about something, and they, they ch- choose to pick on maybe the same person okay. every day or maybe someone else be- because of however they're feeling. It is intentional. Do you think it's always intentional, or do you think... Oh, it can be random. So, like, as a parent, do you... I feel like maybe... And again, I'm not an expert, but I feel like as a parent, you could unintentionally bully. Yeah. But as a kid, maybe well, you're... Unintentionally, yeah. I, I, I feel like as a kid, you couldn't... You could it would, spit something out, like... I feel like as a kid, it would be more intentional. As a, a parent, mm-hmm. you might just... Yeah, I don't know. That's hard to say because I could yeah. see parents intentionally doing it too. Well, sure, but, but I mean I, I the unintentional think... portion of it, I feel like would fall more upon an adult because I feel like a kid is just they're imp- I don't know if impulsive is the right word, but yeah, I mean kids are ki- younger kids are more more impulsive, but you know adults can be impulsive depending on their temperament, their just nature, how they were nurtured and. If they're using substances, if so, like if they're under the influence at all, if they're on, you know, unmedicated, they need to be medicated. Uh, that goes into a whole bunch of different factors. If they're lack of sleep, if they're stressed to work, if they just have a like a fast time, like they get the anger quick, like they yeah. get to that anger scale of ten quick. Um, so bullying seems like a pretty, for as much as we hear about it, and as much as we experience it maybe it seems to be a pretty random thing and anyone at any time seems like they could be a bully or a victim of bullying it doesn't seem like it fits any good absolutely clinical form absolutely i mean there, there's definitely clinical research out there on it and there's no. definitions on it and maybe if i was like an expert on it i could really get down and dirty with it but in my experience I think it is pretty random, and I think it's loosely used. It just doesn't seem around. Yeah, it doesn't seem cut and dry. Like it's it doesn't seem not. like you are or you are not a bully. It's I not. feel like you could it's not. be a bully one minute and the next be a victim. You could yeah, exactly absolutely absolutely one hundred percent. Okay. So my last question would be: What advice would you give to an adult or a child who was accused of bullying? Well, let's start with the child first. Okay. The advice I'd give to a child if they were accused of bullying. Is mm-hmm, question? Correct. Um, so if they were like, Miss Christina, so and so said I was a bully, um, or Miss Christina, this is fucked up, and so and so said I was a bully, I'd say, okay, tell me like a little bit more about this. Mm-hmm. Tell me what they said, why they said it, and then I would like switch it around like have you ever felt that way has this person ever done this to you I would just get them to talk about it um depending on their consequences like if if they have to do classes or something I would normalize it and just say that you know if they were sent to you yeah if someone was like I would be kind Johnny needs to come in here because so and so accused him of bullying I would be kind and compassionate with them because there's obviously something going on within their own lives for the reason that they're bullying. So I'd actually be more interested in, like, digging in deeper to what they're going through. That, so, like, I would, I would get into the root cause of it. To figure out if they were um, bullying? No, 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 no. Say, say that would just, like, say they went through 
the behavioral ward or whatever, the school committee, I don't know what it is, and it, it was, it was, you know, it was on trial, and it was bullying. Okay, they came to me, um, guilty. I'm not, I'm not going to go to the root cause. It's like, I'm not going to be the one to research if it was bullying or not. They, 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 they pleaded guilty, or it was guilty. They come to me, so my, what would be interesting to me is find the root cause. So what is it? Why were they bullying? Along with like teaching them other coping skills. Like, okay, so this is what's going on. And it obviously probably going to take some therapy sessions, particularly play therapy. So is you're what assuming guilt right out of the gate. Like if they said I was accused of bullying, you would say, okay. No, if they came to me and they're like, yeah, I didn't do it. But I still have to come to you. We yeah. would, we would, I would be like digging into other stuff, like that root cause of it. Obviously, I'm not going to be like so and so. Why did you do this? No, we're gonna we're gonna be like playing. We're gonna be talking. I'm gonna be you know researching, assessing background, parenting, um, diet, um, what their household looks like, grades. Like so, I'll be like doing some research. So, so when I say the root cause. While I'm building rapport with this person, I would also be researching where maybe this behavior is coming from. So you wouldn't assess the specific situation that they were there to see you for? You would just dive into them as if they were a victim rather than a bully? Correct. Okay. And then I guess an adult as well? Like is I that... think the adult, it would be the same way, absolutely. Now, you know, I will say that when you go into social work, at least when I went into social work, we're just taught to have a broad outlook on things. So just have, you know, we treat the whole person. We meet the person where they're at. We look at different cultures and just everything. But if we do have something when we go into a situation that we don't feel comfortable about, we need to say it and, and, and we have to not treat that. You know, you can't do that in all aspects. You have to be very open in social work. So I will say if someone was referred to me that had done anything sexual to a child, I could not work with that person. So that's where my line's drawn. Now I know that's not necessarily adult bully, but we're getting into that person was probably a bully at one point. I wouldn't be able to work with that person. Okay, that's, but... That's the line that I draw. But... I guess my question was, if if an adult or a child was accused of being a bully, you would still treat them as a victim rather than the bully to try to get to the root cause? Is that, I mean, I don't I mean, know if I'd say victim. I mean, or maybe I would definitely not victim, treat them as just a human, human fucking being. Yeah. It's just in front of me. And I look them in the eyes, and we work together, and... You just have to dig through the peel the layers of the onion back and just try and get to what's going on rather than rather than addressing a bullying situation you Absolutely. would just build rapport work with on the person. the person and figure out Absolutely. So more healing like through therapy the, than there that incident doesn't define the person. Okay. Absolutely. Cuz we all have bad days. I mean shit happens. Absolutely. Like, yep. So, so I would I would just work with them as a human. Okay. You didn't blow it up. Oh, my bad. So, I think that's probably a good point to stop. Um, 
This has been the Midwest Dad Bod Podcast, Episode 2, with special guest Christina Garino. Thank you for taking the time out, and uh, I will see you later. Gator.